podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for GigPod is brought to you by Swiss Movement. Quality watches at affordable prices. Check out their website at www.swissmovement.co and get 10% off all watches with the code GigPod88. Hello and welcome to episode 50 of GigPod. I am Rizzo and I am joined by Spunkphone. And finally we've got a Celtic one to talk about the night. Thank God, John. Thank God. After that uh, miserable episode we recorded on Sunday, thank goodness there's a bit of, bit of cheer for us to discuss this evening. Exactly. So, at the fourth time asking that Ange post the Clogo era is finally up and running with a win as Celtic defeated Jablonic 4-2 in the Europa League qualifying game. Of course, we've still got another round to go through if we win this against AZ. But it was an interesting performance, I would say. Would you agree with that? Calamitous at the back once again, but I, I thought going forward we looked really, really exciting. Scored some some good goals this evening as well. But ultimately, I mean that that defence at the moment is still the the Achilles heel. Um, difficult for Joe Hart, obviously coming in with with that back line in front of him. I've no idea why we're still persisting with Neil Beaton here. Stephen Welsh must be wondering what it's going to take for him to get back into the side but um, hopefully I suppose another disaster clash from Neil Beaton this evening will see, see Welsh restored to the team or another centre-half brought in which I think should be the priority along with obviously the, the full-backs as well but I, I don't want to be too negative obviously we saw John Hartson's shoot post-match um, on the Beeb there which was one of the greats it was it was long overdue, but it was a, it was interesting. That he didn't do any of these shoots last season when we were all losing our mind about how bad we were. But he kept quiet. That was that was odd. Uh, very interesting. I, I can't imagine what his conflict of interest would have been there. <laughs> no, no, me neither. No, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I still think there was plenty of positives to take from from this evening. I don't want to focus on the negatives too much. Um, good for uh, Furuhashi to obviously get off the mark in his his first start. Um, took his goal really well. Another good goal for Abada as well. I was really impressed with him at points tonight. Good to see Forrest as well back amongst the goals. He looked a bit off the, the pace, I think, in the, the game against Michelin last week and, and then even again on, on Saturday. I didn't think he quite looked himself, but he, he looked much better this evening. And then Ryan Christie obviously coming on scoring a, a good dive and he did as well to, to get us over the line in the end because it was a lot more shaky than it had to be. But no, plenty of positives to take. I'm sure we'll obviously discuss you know the, the shaky defending as well, but no, I, I think that a lot more positives to take from this evening, which is a, a big plus point now. Now, I don't know if I actually mentioned the score, anybody that somehow doesn't know the score, but we actually won 4-2. And it, it would be even better if the away goals rule was still in, but it's no, so we're just going to deal with it. Now, let's have a quick look at the starting lineup because I've got it here. Now, it was Hart, Taylor, Beaton, Starfelt, Ralston, Sorrow, McGregor, Abada, Tumble, Forest, and I'm just going to call him Kyogo because that's what the Celtic website, that's what the Celtic Twitter does. No, I, I agree with you. I do not understand why Ange has keep playing Beto instead of Welsh. I mean, okay, Welsh wasn't brilliant against uh, Midland in the second leg, but I mean, it was okay. He wasn't the guy that got sent off in the first leg that sold the jerseys like Beto did. And <laughs> <I>, <laughs> <laughs> I was just laughing here at the absurdity. I mean, Ange <laughs> must have saw that Beaton was at fault for that goal on uh, Saturday. Hearts is winning goal. 
Like, I mean, the two guys I thought were beat on and uh, Bain and Bain's out. So I don't understand why Beaton's playing, but I think the defence is obviously a work in progress, but I think it would be much, much better in defence. I mean, it would be much better with somebody like Julian there, but he's still out for a while, I think. Definitely should be Welsh and Starfield. But let's just talk briefly about how the game went. We scored two goals in the first 16 minutes. A, a Celtic away game in Europe, Miracle, we didn't get away a goal in the first 10 minutes. First goal was excellent from Abada. His first shot was set. His first effort was blocked and he then like got the rebound and like snapshot and then the net it was a great goal. Second goal, Kyogo was even better. He took a brilliant touch when he got the pass through. I think it was for Beaton, unbelievably. So he's no bad at attacking at least. <laughs> he took a brilliant touch to set his sail up and we were two 0 up and we were playing sailing there, weren't we? Yeah, we were at that point and we'll come on to obviously the, the disaster that immediately followed it at the back. But just focusing on the goals, really impressed with Abada again. Um on the whole this evening, I'm really impressed with just how direct he is. Um, you know, anytime he gets the ball, he does just want to run at players or get the ball in the box, get it into the striker's feet as well. He's always always looking for that sort of next pass. And and I've been really impressed with his um runs into the box as well. He always seems to be there and, and trying to get on the end of any any cross balls, obviously. But unlucky that his, his initial shot was blocked, but he done brilliantly well to take the rebound first time and, and bury that. And then with the second goal as well, Kyogo with a, a, a brilliant um little dink finish over the goalkeeper as he was rushing out towards him and that'll do him the world world a good, I should say. Having obviously um, started his first game for us tonight. Now, I should mention that in a theme of every game that Andrew's managed so far, we did manage to miss some just unbelievable sitters. But it was nothing each. Uh, Tumble had the ball laid in the plate to him. All he had to do was put it either side of the goalie and he had it right in the goalie's hands. That was a bad miss. But then, literally a minute after we were 2 0 up playing sailing, we gave away a goal which can only be described as not very good. A long ball. <laughs> Completely took it, Beaton and Starfelt, and I'll just get the guy's name here because to show that I respect him, the guy that scored for Jablonic. Uh, pillar, pillar of wisdom. He had loads of time. Celtic's defence was completely out of the picture. One long ball, and he put it easily past Joe Hart, who was a bit statuesque, I have to say. That wasn't very good defending, was it? It was It was horrific. I mean, it's, it's a theme, obviously, we've been discussing on here for months now, but that just long punt in the field... Centre halves obviously allow the ball to bounce, and then Joe Hart in that instance, because I, I suppose for the the second goal, I think people were being a bit critical about him coming so far off his line for that one. There, I thought he should have been a bit quicker off his line, but and then as you say, it was pretty pretty statuesque. Um, reminded me of a few goals Craig Gordon used to concede for as a wonderful ex goalkeeper who we never should have let go. <laughs> Look, I, I don't want to be too too harsh on him. It was his first game, obviously, with that back line in front of him as well. But um, no, it was a it was a very poor goal for us to concede. Aye, it wasn't a great. We were so we were so comfortable. So that was a score at uh, half time, two one. First part of the setting half, uh, Furuhashi missed a great chance to put three one up. There was a cross in, a cross into the box that hit the post. The ball went to him in the six yard box. But I don't know, he seemed to panic a but and he blasted it over the bar. And then Jablonic had a no bad spell. We were sort of on the back foot, they had a couple of half chances, but then we went 3 1 up. And again, a bad, I was at the heart of it. His shot was saved. And James Forrest, for the first time this season, managed to take a chance. And he hit the rebound in the back of the net. And 3 1, 
probably on the balance of play with the chances that we had, we did deserve it. Yeah, I thought um, Jabonic actually came out and, and at the start of the second half, I thought they were um, they were uh, pretty decent, to be honest. They, they had a lot of the, the possession. They'd clearly aimed to come out and play a lot more at the start of the second half because in the first half they were quite um, happy to sort of stand off and let us have the ball. But great from Abada again, great skill. Unlucky, obviously, not to score his initial effort. And then James Forrest just pounced with the rebound and delighted for him to get off the mark, obviously, having had a, having had a, a bit of a shocker and a miss at Tynecastle, obviously. And like I said, he looked a bit... Off the pace, he did another shocker I miss actually in Denmark last week. But it's it's good to see him off the mark and, and hopefully that's him up and running for the season now. Yep, so 3-1 up. We were thinking, that's it, just see it out. But no. <laughs> we gave away another dodgy goal. This time, it was another through ball. M- Malinsky was the guy that scored. He turned Starfield, who probably should have done a bit better. And the guy Malinsky's finish was really good. He curled it over heart and... Off the post at the net, I think Beaton maybe could have done a wee bit better with his attempt to clear it off the line. And Starfield's defending was poor. I mean, it's, I know it's the early days for him, but he's no set the header elite in his first two games. I mean, we'll give him time, and his Celtic defence now is not great. And <laughs> that's the word for the podcast this week not great. But uh, he could have done a bit better. And I'm not sure about Hart's positioning, really. Uh, I don't know. Again, though, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a good goal. It was another bad goal to concede to a team that wasn't great. Tony Ralston didn't cover himself in glory as well. He was a mile out of position in field as well. And um, yeah, I think, again, the, the two centre-halves could have done a bit better. Joe Hart, again, was a bit sort of statuesque. He was quick off his line and then just um, essentially in a, a pretty poor position. It, it was some finish for the boy, to be fair. He still had a lot of work to do, but... Uh, again, just a pretty poor goal for us to, to give up. Again, I don't want to be too harsh on the new signings there, obviously. I want to give give both Joe Hart and Staff out an opportunity, um, but they, they both could have done much better there. I, I think we'll see an improvement, hopefully, in, in both of them, but particularly in Staff out as well, once he's actually playing alongside a, a centre-half that is a centre-half um, that doesn't get shoehorned into the team in that position every summer. But yeah, it was a, it was a pretty poor goal for us to lose again. But then, thankfully... In the last couple of minutes, a fine goal to put his four to a head. Probably the best goal of the game. Ralston's throwing went to Forrest. He put a superb cross in. And Ryan Christie, with a goal for the glory days of Ryan Christie, with a brilliant diving either. He put his four to a head. That was a really, really good goal. And I know Christie's been left out the side the last couple of games, which I don't understand. I know people don't like him because I think he's going to leave and because... Last season, he took 140 shots in goal. I know that's why people don't like him. And I think he probably thinks he's a better player than he is. But he is a good player. That shouldn't be forgotten. I would love it if he even stayed to the end of the season. I don't think so. I think he'll be away by the end of the month. And he will be missed because no lot of the players in the Celtic team would think about getting forward to put that diving header in. And that was a very, very good goal. It was a very good goal. Great, great ball in um, from, from James Forrest. And then a great diving header as well from, from Christie. I was a bit surprised, actually, obviously, the weekend when he hadn't started. I would have liked to have seen him actually start this evening, and, and I'd probably echo that going into the weekend because I thought David Turnbull looked off it again this evening. But no, I, I thought Christy again when he came on was very positive and, and he took his goal very well. Yep, there was still time for Joe Hart to make another save after all defence uh, went missing again. But that was the final score, 4-2 Celtic. And you've got to think that surely we'll qualify uh, for the playoff against EZ. I mean, if, if away goals still counted, I mean, the tie would be finished. But 
even this Celtic team, which is just starting to form and will take time to gel, we're not going to give up a two-goal lead next week to Jablonic, surely. Never say never, John. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think, yeah, I mean, you've got to be confident after that, obviously. I, I, I think even if we were to concede more goals, which I wouldn't put past us in the second leg, we've clearly got the firepower up top and um, getting a few goals this evening will, will have done the, the forward uh, a world of good as well in terms of their confidence. So, yeah, you've, you've got to be confident, I think, going into that second leg, hopefully with a, a nice full Celtic Park as well, which I'm sure we're going to come on to. Yep. Um, you've got to be very positive now, I, th- I think, that, that after that showing this evening um, and the scoreline that we got from it, we'll be in the, the playoff round um, facing Alkmaar in a couple of weeks' time. Yep, uh, well done to Furuhashi, Albada, Forrest. They were probably our men of the match, men of the match, men of the match after his one. I don't know, and probably Albada because he was involved in two of the goals. And in fact, it was his cause that got deflected onto the post when Furuhashi missed that chance. So I'd say that Albada was probably my player of the match, and I'm looking forward to him starting Sunday against Dundee. Hopefully, he'll get his first uh, league goal of the season. He had these two in Europe. I mean, Two goals in Europe, you can't really complain. Now, before we go into the next subjects, I've just saw the statistics for the game. So we thirty, we had sixty six percent possession rate compared to thirty four. But would you like to guess how many shots each team had? Because it's, it's quite mental. I I would not like to guess, to be honest, John. <laughs> right, do tell me. The bear in mind, they had thirty four percent possession. They had mm. fifteen shots and we'd seventeen. <laughs> they had fifteen shots, we'd seventeen. They only had five in target and we'd eight in target. That is just that kind of happened. I know this is a work in progress team, and we're all going to give Ange time. And I'm glad that he's got this win. We're talking in the podcast the other night that he needed wins, and hopefully, with this game, the game on Sunday, then the second leg, and the game against Hearts and the Cup, that can give him four wins in a row, which I think he really needs. But but can he give teams 15 shots a game? I mean, <laughs> it's just. It can't work, or we're going to have an awful lot of like five fours and four threes this season. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not um, not sustainable. It was one of the things I agreed with with Hartson in that big post match was you just can't afford to give up the kind of opportunities, and, and particularly when we're going to come up against better opposition than than Jablonic this season. So um, no, it's it's not sustainable. We still need bodies in for that back line as well. I think, and you know, it does just show. I think how, how vulnerable we are that we're giving up that amount of opportunities. To to be honest, what was a, a pretty poor side we were up against this evening. Aye, but we did win thankfully, and I mean that's what Celtic needed to get the season kick starts. And I suppose this one to be the preview of the Dundee game before we got to the next subjects. I mean. We'll have the wonderful Charlie Adam yeah, up against us. He's a great, great guy. Actually, he did say the other day he wants Celtic Rangers to get more money for sponsors than any other team in the Premier League. So that was a weird one. But no, I mean, I'd imagine it'll be roughly the same team, unfortunately. Uh, I would bring Welsh back. I'd hope that uh, Kyogo and Abada both start after their uh, performances tonight. I don't know, maybe Forrest will come back into the team because he did play well as well. So no, I mean... It's just a pity that it's only going to be like 25,000 there, not a, the full stadium. In fact, that's what we're going to now. St- thanks to the wonderful Scottish Government and Glasgow City Council, who we both love and never slag. <laughs> uh, full Houses will be back at Celtic Park starting next week with the Jablonic game. Well, in fact, maybe not, because I think there's still going to be some empty seats because of the UEFA regulations. But it'll be... Practically full, I'd imagine, although Celtic are charging £19 a season ticket holders, which is 
sort of typical Celtic. I think really for goodwill, which they gave them the game as a freebie for supporting the club, but they didn't as usual. But no, it is great that fans are uh, finally going to be back into Celtic Park and hopefully that'll egg the players on. Yeah, as you say, it is great um, that we're finally at this point where it is going to be full houses going forward. I was quite critical earlier on on Twitter of the club's decision there to charge season ticket holders 19 quid a pop for, for a third round qualifier, but I, I think you know they're, they're pretty cynical and pretty shameless, aren't they, this board? So they've obviously saw an opportunity. They're never going to make more money from a third round Europa League qualifier than they will offer this one, I'd imagine, with how long most of us have, have been away. But no, it'll be great, obviously, going forward that, that we've now got full houses back once again. And um, obviously, as you said, it's a shame that we won't have that on, on Sunday, although I suspect there'll be a good few thousand without tickets up at that pre-match protest. Yes, that's right, the protest. Uh, Femby's going to that. Uh, good luck to them. I mean, it's their prerogative and Selic have been ran badly for a while and we still need players. I think that's shown tonight and hopefully like that protest will get people's attention. I don't think I'll get the attention of the board because I think all this stuff sort of whitewashes over there and they just forget about it. But no, I mean... I'll be interested in that game next week. You know, normally, it's, even though it's Hearts, see, like if we were in normal times, before the world changed forever, <laughs> <laughs> see a League, a League Cup game, uh, like first round, you'd be lucky to get 20,000, 30,000 there. And I'll know about the season tickets, but I wonder if there'll still be like, a, a huge demand to go to that game next Sunday. I was thinking like, if they somehow put tickets in sale for public sale, I'd even try and go to it. Depending on the price. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, I'm not spending £30 you sell to play Hearts in the League Cup game. Let's get real here. But uh, no, I mean, I've got to kind of demand at the start, at least, will be there. And we've got a good chance here, a conspiracy theory too, because, well, of course, we're going to be playing Rangers in a couple of weeks. I, I would doubt that they're going to give Celtic any tickets because they've not said anything about away fans for a lot of teams. I think we'll get away tickets for some teams, like Mullerwell. Because they've already done it, but I doubt we'll get tickets for iBooks. So imagine if they brought the restrictions back again in like October. You never know with this wonderful government. And then when we play Rangers at Christmas, there's no fans there. How annoying would that be? Well, I, I did see, to be fair, um, just on the subject of away fans, I think Rangers have given Dunfermline um, for their League Love Cup they? tie. Seven, I think it was 750 or 800 tickets. So you'd be hopeful that we'll at least get a, a, a few into iBrox. I know, obviously, it's not the same these days anyway after they cut the allocation because they couldn't handle getting beat. But Yes, that was the reason. <laughs> yeah, you'd be hopeful there'll be, there'll be a few few hundred in at least. I don't know. We can, we can, we can let fans in a part of it. I don't know, Rangers, Hearts, Aberdeen... Dundee, Dungeon all the teams. But no, uh, no, as life is apparently finally getting back to normal, although you can't do horizontal drinking, because what I like to do as well is go to a pub and lie, <laughs> lie right on the ground and pour a beer over my face. God, it's great. I'm so pissed off I'll not be able to do that anymore. And we might not be able to stand at a bar either. But no, finally, uh, life is getting back to normal, and one sign of that is full houses at Celtic Park. We've been waiting for it for so long. Like the last time there was a full stadium was March 2020. That's like 15, 16 months ago. That's a long time. And I know, of course, that according to the board, Celtic were the only team affected by uh, the restrictions last year. But I do think it did. It's no one excuse, but I do think the fans were missed. I probably, probably still wouldn't have been much caught last season, but I think the fans would have made their annoyance known a lot more, a lot earlier. 
didn't look finally harmed with the protest. Would you agree with that? Without doubt, Neil Lennon would not have made it to February or March or whenever it was if, if there'd been supporters in last season. Certainly missed in that aspect. I think just missed, generally speaking, by the, the vast majority of clubs. And, and to be honest, when you were sitting watching games on TV, even if it was Celtic or abroad, or even doing the, the wonderful English Premier League as well, just having no fans and it was... Unwatchable. Really, yeah, yeah, it really got to you. It was like watching a training game or whatever, and, and it just didn't feel like real football. So it'll be great to have, have fans back in, and, and obviously in, in larger numbers than we've seen the last few weeks. So, no, I, I think it will be a, a, a huge positive for us going forward, and, and I would hope as well that any dissatisfaction towards the board in the future can be made known in the stadium, and, and we maybe get a bit of action a bit sooner than, than we did last season. Good point. So let's now talk about our new signings. We signed two players in between the last podcast and now. One of them, of course, is Joe Hart, who signed a three-year contract. Another one was James McCarthy, who's been linked with Celtic forever. He left Crystal Palace uh, when his contract expired, and he signed a four-year contract. He uh, didn't play tonight. Hopefully, he'll be involved on Sunday, but... We've already talked a wee bit about Joe Harbour. What do you make of these signings overall? I'm willing to give, obviously, both of them a, an opportunity. They, they come with a huge amount of um, huge amount of experience, obviously, having played the majority of their careers in English top flight. Joe Hart this evening, obviously, had one or two shaky moments again. I, I think it's early days. Still. I'm willing to give the guy an opportunity. I'm surprised we actually ended up paying a million pounds for him, to be honest. That, that was pretty... I think that just shows how... Uh... Desperate the goalkeeping situations go. I, I think it does. It, it it was just a bit of a surprise because originally I think the figure we were seeing getting banded around was something closer to half a million, and then we've ended up paying a million quid. But um, I guess I'm willing to give both of them an opportunity. I think McCarthy's a decent addition to the squad, um, depending on obviously who who fit we can get him because he's he's not played a an awful lot of football the last four years or so. I think he managed something like maybe fifty games or so for Palace over the two seasons he was there, which you know it's not not too bad I suppose but yeah I think if you can get McCarthy fit he's he's a decent decent bit of business there four year deal I thought was a bit a bit questionable maybe given his injury history and the fact he is at 30 but I'd imagine it's probably hugely incentivised by things like appearance fees and, and all that sort of usual carry on but no I mean I'm, I'm willing to give both of them an opportunity there as I say they come with a vast amount of, of experience there so you know we, we couldn't really get any any worse at the moment in terms of the the squad depth. So no, it's it's two two useful additions I think to the squad and, and like I say, fingers crossed that they're able to um both stay injury free and Joe Hart's case error free. And uh yeah, like I said, I don't know what your your thoughts are on the two two additions. Well Joe Hart's got a big personality as we talked about the other day, which will give him us an excuse for being daft, I suppose. I don't know, it's still hard to tell in Hart it wasn't great tonight, but I kind of really fought him for the end of the goals playing with that Celtic defence in front of him. I think he'll be better when we've got a settled back four. So I think he'll do no bad. I mean, as long as he doesn't make any high-profile mistakes, that's fine. He'll be fine. I think McCarthy will be a good signing. As you say, as long as we can keep him fit, I think he'll do well in the middle of the park. I think he will probably play him I'm not sure, maybe instead of Tumblr, maybe, maybe instead of Soro, probably, in fact, we'll play him instead of. Because uh, I think Soro's still young and learning the game, and he's not really been great this season. Neither's Tumble, but I think there is a place on the side for McCarthy, he understands what Celtic's about as well. The guys, the, the Celtic fathers, I love him. He, he gets what we're about. 
And they'll probably get booed as well for the bar fans at other stadiums for the crime of playing for the Republic Island, which Aidan McGeady also got booed for. But that's <laughs> just banter, of course, that according to the press, those great guys wasn't isn't bad at end. But no, I think that McCarthy will be a good signing, and I hope more than ever that we've got some other signings coming in the next week or two. We really need fullbacks badly. I think we should sign another centre back as well, just for insurance purposes, because I don't want to be trying to play centre half ever again. It's been too long, and it's just. I don't want to see another. I don't want to see Celtic here next season, in August playing near Beaton in another qualifier where he scores an own goal or something. So I think we need another defender, another centre back. We definitely need fullbacks. I mean, I know we praised Ralston for surprising us, but he wasn't a great tonight. I mean, as you said, he was he was poor, completely out of position when I say in goal. Greg Taylor. I mean, I just don't. It just didn't seem to take that step up in class that Celtic need. No offence to him, but I think he's more of a sort of Scottish Premier level. Like like somebody like Kelly, where he was before him, and I think he stands out there. Doesn't really, hasn't really got it at Celtic. But no, I mean, the Nucleus is there, a good team. I mean, we've got good players. Abada looks good. Like, scored two goals already. Looks like he's going to be a good sign and could easily get 10-15 goals a season for a has he started one game and scored so that's a good start I mean we've got decent attacking players if Forrest like, can stop missing chances he's he could be good for us I mean I don't know we, we've got the we've got the meetings of a decent team but we, we won't get anywhere this season unless we sort that defence out and Angel know that he's no daft he'll know that we need more signings in, and I'm hoping we get some guys in over the weekend. Yeah, that absolutely. I, I think, um, like I say, we, we needed bodies in, so it was good to see two in the door, obviously, this week. We definitely still need more. Um, you saw again tonight, as I say, against a pretty poor side in Jablonic, the, the opportunities that we were still giving up there and lack of creativity at times for the fullbacks as well. We, we know that's kind of what they're tasked with in Angie's system. So I, I think you're spot on in saying we could do another centre-half in. Julian, I know we'll come back at some stage, but I think he could probably still be out until the, the end of this year, couldn't he, with that, that injury that he had? So we definitely need reinforcements in the back line. I think if we can add, like you say, two, two new fullbacks into there, right back and left back and um, obviously someone else in the, the middle of defence and, and then I suppose it depends on, on outgoings really. If Christy and Edward are to, to leave this month and you know obviously we'll need replacements in there so yeah, I, I, hopefully there's there's a lot more business still to come this um, this window because we really do need it. I would expect us to buy at least another three or four players because we need them. I mean, it's not an exaggeration. <laughs> the squad does need uh, rebuilding and as you said if Eddie and Christy leave, which I hope they don't, but I think they probably will. I mean, I think that's a sign that like, Eddie's been dropped. I think that, that tells the same story, because, like, if you think... I mean, it tells the same story maybe about a jetty as well, that, I don't know why, Ange doesn't really have faith in him, and, like, I think he may have lost a bit of faith in Edward and all, because like, he played him for that 120 minutes last midweek, and now he's completely uh, left out the team. So no, I mean, I think that I'm just still looking for his best team and Celtic are like, I don't know, we're a work in progress, but there's not going to be much progress until that defence is sorted. But 
We finally won a game under Ranch, 4-2, a 4-2 away win in Europe's always something to think, always a good result. I mean, you can't really complain about it, even though we did. <laughs> Still a good result overall. So, uh, Spunkphone, thanks very much for joining us tonight. Pleasure chatting with you, Rito, under much happier circumstances than our, uh, our Sunday pod, so just hope we can get on again together soon and uh, chat all things Celtic, brother. Yep, thanks very much, brother. So, you can follow us on Twitter, at GigPod, with some truly hilarious tweets. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at GigPod as well from there. If, uh, I know Stevie always plugs that in the pod description, so follow us on Instagram as well at GigPod. Leave us the usual five stars. Tell us how great we're on the reviews in the usual places on iTunes or other podcast services. You know we're by now. We have had some good reviews, so thanks everybody for them. And we'll be back after the Dundee game, Dundee game on Sunday. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll speak to you then. Celtic are finally back, probably. So uh, we'll speak to you after the Dundee game at the weekend. Thanks everybody for listening and hail hail. Podcast Network.